At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Good news, bad news for UCLA basketball fans this week because uh, Triple J, Jaime Hawkins Jr., announced on his social media that he will be back another season. And I did make the joke that that is great because the shirt I ordered with his number and name on it that was supposed to come in time for March Madness just showed up here about a week ago. So nice to get an, a year out of that at least. Uh, and Johnny Juzang also announced leaving for the NBA. So that was to be expected. Unfortunately, maybe not at the peak that he could have left, say, last season. But really, really grateful for the time he spent with UCLA. He got to come closer to home and was such an instrumental part in that final four run for UCLA in his first season with them. Just really transformed that team. So shout out to Johnny and really excited to have Jaime back next season. Also, NFL Draft is now officially less than a week away and the highest LA prospect on the board, none other than USC wide receiver Drake London. Drake London props up at different books. Now, NFL draft props, very interesting because going to vary a lot from book to book. So definitely shop around for what you want. And since we are less than a week out, definitely try to look at these earlier rather than later. I know I'm... I'm do as I say, not as I uh, do, because I'm definitely a late to the game better sometimes. But these are definitely the kind of things that you want to jump on earlier. Already seeing tons of juice on stuff that people like. You're seeing minus 180s at least. Um, so something you'd like to get in early on the market or try to slide and find some value somewhere. It's pretty hard to do late in the game on this one. So get ahead of that. Uh, Drake London props, by the way, to go under 10 and a half. So earlier in the draft in the first 10, 
Even money, uh, plus 100 at one book. Drake London to be the first wide receiver selected. Plus 210 is as high as I saw it, I think, at BetMGM. Um, so definitely look around for those props. You may remember Drake uh, from his stellar season last year. We only saw him for eight games. Devastating end to his time with that ankle injury in the eighth game of the season. But he was averaging a touchdown a game. 88 catches, 1,084 yards, and seven touchdowns. Great, great stuff. A really impressive young wide receiver, actually the youngest wide receiver in the 2022 draft class. He only turns 21 in July, but has the size and the length. He's agile, especially for his his size. Great hands with range. He does have to work a little bit on blocking, but I feel like that comes with a lot of the younger guys. If you look at the draft for the Washington football team, the New York Jets, perhaps looking to cop a wide receiver, but not sure how London will stack for them compared to Garrett Wilson, who's favored to go first. Uh, in the wide receiver category, and Jamison Williams for these teams. It could go either way, really. So I think there's a little bit of value to be found on Drake London. Uh, I think that he would be a good fit for the Jets, too. Maybe they draft him 10th, and then he goes uh, less than 10. That'd be fun. He's definitely a top 15 talent, no doubt. I think he could sneak his way to the top 10, but I will say this. There does seem to be a bit of, of I don't know what you want to call it, West Coast bias or whatever, but USC hasn't had a receiver go in the first round since 2015, which is Nelson Aguilar. Uh, you may remember Juju Smith-Schuster and Michael Pittman Jr. dropped to the second round, and obviously that turned out great for those teams. So could also see something similar to that. But maybe teams will be gunning for those wide receivers since you got to love those inexpensive rookie contracts. It's funny to call them that. In today's show, part one, Adam Burke is back. VEASAN betting analyst back by popular demand to discuss the Dodgers-Padres series that starts Friday and the Angels-Orioles series also starting on Friday. Then, of course... Annie McNeil, as promised, Visa and Hockey Betting Analyst, helps us look at the fourth and final matchup of the LA Kings versus the Anaheim Ducks going on on Saturday evening if hockey is your bag. The final few games of the regular season here before we get into NHL playoffs, which we will also ask Andy about. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. In the MLB, the Dodgers in action Friday. They're minus 177 on the money line. The run line, minus one and a half runs. At minus 108, not even getting plus money on the run line versus the Padres. So maybe there's a little value to be found on the Padres here, but I don't think so. Still missing Fernando Tatis Jr. Padres plus 150 money line on the run line, plus one and a half. They are minus 110. The total for this game at eight and a half over minus 103 and under minus 117, which makes sense when you consider this pitching matchup. Julio Urias versus Nick Martinez. Nick Martinez obviously being the weaker link here uh, for the Padres. But Urias being incredible for the Dodgers for the most part. Again, not a lot of games into the season yet, so not tons of information to go off of yet. But we do know this is a good pitcher. Uh, as for the futures, Dodgers minus 250 to win the NL West, plus 225 to win the NL, and plus 475 to win the World Series. So only a slight shift uh, to win the NL West. I believe that was minus 275 down to minus 250 now. As for the Angels, plus 350 to win the AL West. Leading the AL, I believe, overall right now with their eight wins. Shout out to the uh, the Angels on that one. Eight and five right now, four and four as a favorite. Dodgers not doing too shabby either. Nine and five, and also, or excuse me, nine and three. Nine and three, and then nine and three as a favorite as well. No surprise there because the Dodgers are going to be favored in just about every matchup this season, it feels like. Uh, as for the Angels-Orioles game that kicks off on Friday, Bruce Zimmerman versus Reed Detmers, lefty versus lefty. Angels minus 186 on the money line. On the run line, minus one and a half for the Angels, plus 114 
Orioles plus 160 on the money line, plus one and a half uh, run line at minus 136. Total for this one also at eight and a half, which is again interesting. Not seeing a ton of nines, but we have been seeing perhaps lower scoring games. I saw the Orioles A's game on Thursday. I actually had money on the A's in that game, which oh, fortunately worked out. I thought that was a little bit dicey in the end. Uh, they were up most of that game. The Orioles did battle back. It's tough. Uh, because I think that the Orioles have been a bit of a feisty team, at least early goings here. Uh, and the Angels have relied heavily on their offense, as we know. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. But this is going to be kind of a wily matchup. The over on the total at minus 114 right now, under at minus 105. So expecting some runs in this one. Again, Bruce Zimmerman versus Reed Detmers. As for the NHL, Kings 40-1 to win the Stanley Cup. Don't put money on that. I'm sorry. If you're a Kings fan and you want the ticket... Don't do it. Go buy yourself a coffee or something instead uh, or a steak dinner or whatever a bankroll amount you're going to put on that. Please just save it. Only team longer is the Canucks at 80 to one. There's other 40 to one options, but come on. I, it's just not, it's not going to be their year probably, but we'll ask Andy McNeil, our hockey expert about that. Uh, and at least we have baseball to bet on, frankly, because uh, hockey has not been particularly uh, my favorite this season, let's say. But baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you on Saturday's games. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. And remember, you can find all these odds and more at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Now, before we bring in Adam Burke to talk about the Dodgers and the Angels in the world of baseball, uh, quick notes on the NBA playoffs. First of all, very excited for the Nets-Celtics game on Saturday, Game 3. Boston leading that series 2-0. to zero. I think that's a little surprising. I didn't expect the Nets to go down 2-0, but they also have Kevin Durant, so anything can happen. But in case you missed it, Thursday's games, there was a particularly wild one in the form of the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. I had the Grizzlies in a money line parlay with the Warriors. Luckily, both teams won. Plus 200 at cash. We love it. But it was not an easy one. It was not an easy one at all. At one point, I was texting with Stormy Bonatoni about this game, who I was on My Guys in the Desert, which is a lovely show that she hosts five days a week on VEASAN uh, from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Definitely check that one out. So much fun. Uh, she'll also be on Rush Hour with me. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I will be hosting Danny Burke's Rush Hour on Monday. I believe it's from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. He usually hosts that show out of Chicago. I'm guessing I'm going to have a little bit of an L.A. slant in this one, but I'll be taking the reins for him on Monday. I'm supremely nervous, so best wishes for me, please. But that said, Stormy will be one of my guests on Monday, so we'll be excited to get flip, flip the chairs a little bit. I'll get to be the host. I was on my guys with her on Thursday, and one of the bets I gave out was Grizzlies and Warriors money line. She hopped on that with me. It was two to one, nothing crazy, but a nice little payoff. And it just <laughs> looked really bad throughout the game. She said, "Did you uh, bet this live? Because hello, have you been here? I love to bet live, uh, and you could get the Grizzlies plus fourteen and a half at one point, apparently. And I was otherwise engaged in other activities at the time where I could not live bet." And so I said, no, I didn't. I just rode with my pre-flop bets, which how often do I do that? And it paid off because the Grizzlies came back in a big fashion. They were down 26 at one point. Uh, lost two 20-point leads to the Timberwolves. Just embarrassing. Desmond Bain, seven three-pointers, 26 points for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and they win 104-95 to on Thursday night. Two-to-one lead in the first-round playoff series. 
Brandon Clark, 16 of his 20 points in the second half for Memphis. John Morant, by the way, I don't know if anybody noticed, triple-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. Uh, game four, Saturday night in Minneapolis. So lots to look forward to, uh, especially as it pertains to Saturday and the NBA. But enough about the NBA. Let's talk about baseball. Let's welcome in Adam Burke, sports betting analyst at VSEN. You can find him there. You can find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods, one of my favorite handles, to be honest with you. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to uh, have baseball because, honestly, I wasn't even sure that we were going to. But, you know, we're two weeks into the season already. We found out a lot of stuff, and we'll continue finding out more with each passing day. So been a good start to the season for me, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed it as well. I just started to tip my toes in, actually. So Wednesday was my first official baseball bets, and let me tell you, it went well. It went very well, actually. I think I gave out 10 bets on the pod. I think I made six of them, and I went five five wins out of six. So pretty killer. That was great. And I know that that regression is coming for me. Um, but it is funny because we're so early in the baseball season, and I think that what I tend to see – or I've noticed from a lot of handicappers is that they like to sit back at the start of this baseball season and kind of let those stats roll in, get a little more data points. Is that something that's pretty common? You think, is that something you do as well? I know JVT does this. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter being like, I'm sitting back. I want to see how these teams look before I start putting my money on anybody. Yeah. I mean, because of the way that I handicap baseball, it's just, it's such a statistical deep dive that I need sample size, you know, before I really feel extremely confident, not only playing a lot of things, but kind of increasing my volume a little bit. Well, like I said, we're two weeks into the season. I think I've had 26 or 27 plays in the daily article, so kind of averaging wow. about two per day. Uh, that's pretty much the max for me at this time of the year. Once we get deeper into the season, sample sizes increase, kind of what's real and what isn't starts to show itself a little bit. That's when I'll wind up three, four, five plays a day, something like that. It's just you know, also, too, early on in April, I'm not a huge underdog better. A lot of people will bet a lot of those big underdogs that are out there in April. I just don't really like that strategy. It doesn't really work for me. So I kind of like to see everything kind of settle in. The teams, you know, the, the cream of the crop rise to the top, so to speak. Teams kind of get into rhythm. So once we get to probably about a month from now, uh, that's when I'll feel really confident in the 2022 sample sizes and probably increase my volume a little bit. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. And that's kind of what I've been doing. I felt like I was being rushed into doing baseball after we're just wrapping up March Madness and NBA playoffs are obviously going on as well. We have the draft that a lot of people are looking at. Um, so just kind of get your footing with those baseball stats before you start putting your money on things. But um, so far, so good. And I agree with you on betting the underdogs too, because the Dodgers have been doing really well. I think they're nine and two. People got a little bit uh, upset with them with how they started versus the Rockies. Nine and three, actually. Um, but they've been great on the run line even they're eight and two as a favorite uh, and then the angels on the other side of la as well uh, eight and five overall uh, and four and four as a favorite so not necessarily the cover machine that the dodgers have been but yeah i think that betting on underdogs against the really good teams like the dodgers or even the mets how about the mets um isn't necessarily a, a profitable way and what's kind of cool too that i've talked about with people is that you get a really good value on the dodgers at this time in the season because you know, they lost to the Rockies and all of a sudden you're getting them at like minus 130 on a money line. And you're like, when are you going to see that again? Because usually you have to lay $2 with them. Um, as far as baseball betting, is it more money line for you? Or do you look at run lines pretty frequently as well? Yeah, I very rarely look at the run line. You know, there is mm. uh, generally speaking about 25% of games finish as a one run game. And that doesn't mean that the wow. favorite wins by one run. It just means that, you know, a lot of games tend to be close. It's also harder in the month of April because offense is suppressed a little bit. Offense is very suppressed this year because of the baseball and the humidor, and, and we could probably get into that a little bit. But offense is always suppressed in April because of the cold weather. So you get 
a lot of lower totaled games. You get those low scoring four to three, two to one, you know, four to two types of games where there's generally not a lot of equity in betting run lines, I don't think, in those situations. I'd rather have totals of nine, nine and a half, or ten to play a run line. Higher scoring expectation, the better mm-hmm. offense is typically going to rule the day, you know, given the conditions, the starting pitching matchup, and all of that. So I look more at run lines as we get deeper into the season, uh, as we get some bullpen attrition, you know, bullpens getting tired, stuff like that. Early on in the season, I think run lines are kind of a challenge to play. Absolutely. I've, I've been able to do it successfully with the Dodgers so far just because they're so dominant and they've been playing teams that aren't very good in a lot of regards. I mean, not so much with the Braves, but even that they covered run lines when they were winning and they're just such a powerhouse on offense. But to well, your point, I think, well, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you, know, you talk about we're going to talk about the Padres because they play the Dodgers here coming up this yeah. weekend. You know, the Padres just playing the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds have lost 11 of 13. Nine of those 11 losses are by more than a run. So a lot of people are going ahead and laying that run line against the Reds, and they're having success with it, but you're also getting that run line at, what, even money, maybe plus 105, Mm -hmm. something like that. Not a lot of great bang for your buck. Yes, it's cashing, but, you know, typically for me, I'd want to play run lines where I'm getting, you know, plus 120, plus 125, plus 130, something like that, where I feel like I've got an edge on the game, and the price also gives me additional equity and additional reasons to go ahead and take a run line. Absolutely. And so when I looked at that last Dodgers Braves game on Wednesday, the Dodgers run line was plus 150 at Bet Rivers. So it was it was such a great value to me. And so played that they covered that that was great. But as you mentioned, they are playing the Padres this weekend. That's going to kick off on Saturday, 640 p.m. Pacific time Uh, pitching matchup. is pretty interesting here. I've heard kind of back and forth on this, actually, because uh, Dave Roberts talked about how Andrew Heaney was kind of listed as probable, but maybe kind of dealing with some shoulder soreness. So I'm seeing Julio Urias listed on ESPN right now versus Nick Martinez for the Padres. Uh, What do you think we're going to see Dodgers-Padres series? Yeah, Julio Urias, very interesting start to the season for him. You know, he makes his first start in Colorado. The velocity's down. The spin rate's down. I get very concerned when I see those two things because, to me, they're really big injury indicators. And if it's not an injury, Mm -hmm. it's something wrong with the mechanics, something wrong with... Just something is not clicking when you see a velocity drop and a drop in spin rate. Turns out it was just pitching in Colorado where those things happen. So his second start definitely eased some of my fears. The thing I'll find really interesting in this game is is not Urias because he's just really, really good almost against anybody. It's actually Nick Martinez, who was pitching Mm. overseas in Japan, comes back to the big leagues. Obviously, the Padres found something that they liked about him. He gets a really big test here against the Dodgers. So I'm curious to see how he navigates that and kind of file that away in the back of my mind for when he faces above-average lineups. I mean, no lineup is really the Dodgers lineup, but when he faces above-average lineups, will he have a chance or will he be a guy where the Padres are just kind of throwing him out there every five days and hoping for the best? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing, obviously, we have pretty much one game to look at for Martinez, but whip at 1.7, ERA at 4.5. Also, you can look at XFIP with pitchers as well. Between all those three stats, obviously, they tell you different things. We have ERA over a nine inning as opposed to whip being per inning. So is there a specific pitching stat that you hold more stock in, or is it vary depending on what you're looking for? Yeah, it definitely varies. I mean, the, the problem with XFIP is that it assumes a league average home run to fly ball percentage. And Mm -hmm. this season, home runs are down significantly. The ball is not traveling as well. We have a humidor in all 30 parks. Weather's been a bit of a factor, but it's largely been the humidor that has deadened the baseball pretty much across the league. So right now, the home run to fly ball percentage is pretty low. Once we get to the Mm -hmm. summer, it'll be higher. So I think XFIP kind of loses some of its value because it's going to be, you know, the goalposts will be moving. 
in terms of that home run to fly ball percentage. I like to look at a lot of the contact management stuff. And if you go to Fangraphs.com and you go to a, a player page, we'll say Nick Martinez, for example, and you go to the StatCast tab, you can see hard hit rate, which is percentage of batted balls hit at least 95 miles per hour. High velocity contact is very, very bad for a pitcher. Fielders have less time to get to the ball. The ball tends to travel farther, the harder it gets hit. So if you give up a lot of hard contact, and the league average is about 37% or so, if you're mm -hmm. up around 40% or higher, that's bad. That means you give up a lot of hard contact, and especially if you're facing a lineup like the Dodgers, which is just elite, full of great hitters. All hard contact. That's a really <laughs> big problem. So I look a lot at those contact management numbers, hard hit rate, exit velocity, barrel percentage, stuff like that, because not only is there a lot of correlation between making good contact and winning games, but also I think it's something that we can use to our advantage in the betting markets. So you mentioned here, obviously, the Dodgers lineup as well. How do you handicap this kind of lineup for, let's say, a total? Because for me, the Dodgers are so tough because they have so many people who can score on any, I mean, just so many options. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, this is a lineup that's probably going to score five and a half or six runs per game, but it makes betting a total really hard because they don't give up a lot of runs. They've got a very good pitching right. staff as well. So you might have a total of nine. Game could very well fall 6-3, you know, something like that to where mm -hmm. they're going to score. They're going to hold up their end of the bargain. But will the other team be able to do that? I think one of the big things about the Dodgers as we go throughout the season here, they're going to draw a lot of walks. They're going to take pitchers very deep into the count early on in the game. So starters will get eliminated early. They're going to get deep into bullpens in game one and game two of a series. So to me, I think you kind of look for some team total spots for them where, look, we've seen them struggle against lefties, but they may still have inflated team totals. Maybe you play some unders there. But against righties, I think they'll score probably six runs a game. Will their team totals be set high enough? I think that's really the big question with them. That's a great point. I was going to say, if we can't depend on the total, team total would be a great place to look. And I definitely agree with you. It's kind of like the NBA totals that we're seeing in player props. They're set almost a little bit too high. Or even strikeout props have seemed like they're just barely a little bit too high. Even Clayton Kershaw the other day, seven strikeouts. His prop was seven and a half. So I do think we're start, we're seeing a little bit of inflation there. So if you can find good value on a Dodgers team total, or maybe you can... Who wants to bet an under? Who wants to bet an under on a Dodgers team total in a game? But perhaps some value to be found there. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that home runs are down so much because the Angels, that's pretty much all they're serving up. That's what they're kind of relying on is a lot of their offense, and that's why I like looking at them um, for possibly some overs as well. They're heading into a series versus the Orioles. They're hosting them uh, on Saturday as well, 6.38 p.m. Pacific time for this one. As I mentioned, they're 4-4 four and four as favorites so far, 8-5 and five overall, which I think we're going to see regression with this Angels team. What have you thought so far about what you've seen from them? You know, I've actually been really impressed with the Angels, especially given the fact that Mike Trout's missed some time here after getting hit on the hand by that pitch, and, and hopefully he's okay. We'll see if he comes back for this weekend set against Baltimore. Obviously didn't play in that series uh, against Houston. A few things that have kind of struck me about the Angels that have been pretty interesting. So far, they've played seven games decided by five or more runs. They're four and three in those seven games. So they've had some very, very wild Jekyll and Hyde kinds of outcomes. They haven't played a lot of one-run games. I think they played one one-run game out of their mm -hmm. 12 that they've, or 13 that they've played here so far. So really high-variance team. And, and this doesn't really surprise me. Their pitchers are, on the whole, pretty inconsistent. I think they're an average pitching staff at best. They've got some guys that are really good. They've got some guys that aren't so good. And some guys that can have a wide range of outcomes in their particular starts. The second thing is, in their home games... 
the combined score, 7.5 runs. In their road games, 10.9 combined runs. So I wonder if the humidor is having a pretty big impact here at the Big A where mm. the ball travels a lot better in the summertime when it's warmer. When you get that cooler marine air, it kind of suffocates the baseball, depresses power, all of that. So I'll be curious to see what happens in this series with a Baltimore team that's 11-0-1 to the under going into play on Thursday. That is really interesting. And it's so funny to me, too, with baseball, how much you have to be a meteorologist because you don't have that problem with basketball. And I don't think it's as big of an issue even in football, but it seems like you really have to pay attention to these things. How big of a factor are those things for you when you look at these baseball games? Yeah, they're a really big factor, especially early on in the season, because Major League Baseball has changed the ball pretty much every year. You know, in 2019, we had the juiced ball. We had teams setting records oh, for hitting home runs. Year. I think the Twins hit 306. There were five teams that basically topped the previous team record in home runs. Then 2020 was just weird, COVID, all that. 2021, the ball was definitely a little bit deader. And now this year, we're seeing the ball very dead. I mean, I saw a clip of Jesse Winker with the Mariners. He's hit four fly ball outs to the warning track already this season. Three of those balls were absolutely decimated, and they just died on the warning track. So the baseball really plays a big role. I'm not a science guy I'm not a science major or anything like that I don't know enough about physics but you know you think about the effect of the humidor you think about the effect of the cold weather you think about how different the baseball's been year in and year out those are things you have to pick up on pretty quickly and, and I think you know Greg Peterson mentioned this last night when I joined him on the look ahead unders are cashing at like a 60% clip so far this year because wow. power is so depressed and the difference is in the summertime with the humidor power should go up so it's going to be basically a tale of two different seasons here. I wonder how much the books actually factor this in as well. I mean, they know what we know and a little bit more usually. Um, because I know that for me last season, I bet a ton of first inning bets. And I never considered the weather because it was my first year. And I only had so much so much bandwidth to work with. And I was never considering that. And then I would hear things like, oh, it's you know, it's the Rockies Park. And it's going to go farther. And the yes runs are obviously more juiced. And then you start to pay attention to, oh, these are the parks you have to worry about. But I never, I never really considered weather. So that's going to be something I have to definitely start factoring into my handicap. Back to the Angels and Orioles really quick. Do you think because they're such a high variance team that this is a situation where maybe you could look at a run line bet on against the Orioles as we go, obviously depending on pitching? I, you know, I think it's tricky. I mean, look, Baltimore's had the best bullpen in baseball here so far this season, and, and the Angels mm -hmm. have not. They, they do not have a very good bullpen, and it's very hard for me to take those run line plays if the favorite has the weaker of the two bullpens. And the Angels will be favored in all three of these games. Probably a Fairly small favorite on Friday night with Reed Detmers on the mound against Bruce Zimmerman. In the other two games, they should be a pretty clear-cut favorite and a bigger favorite if Mike Trout's able to come back. But that's really the concern for the Angels with me, and I think that that's kind of why we see this big blowout spread of them playing seven games decided by five or more runs. If the offense is good and they can just kind of put it in cruise control, that's great. If the offense isn't good and they have to use the bullpen for a long stretch of the game, something like that, they will give up those insurance runs to the opposition. So Baltimore's offense isn't very good, so I don't think that the Angels necessarily have to worry as much about that in this series. But, you know, look, as you said, you know, the Angels have played a lot of long ball here. They've scored a lot of their runs off the home run. That's something that a lot of teams have done over the last few years. It's much more difficult to do this season. So, I don't know, I think it's going to be a pretty tough series to handicap because – I think there'll be a cost-prohibitive favorite on Saturday and Sunday. Maybe Friday night is the game that you look to attack. Uh, but I will say this. He's not pitching this weekend. But just to throw this out there for the CityCast listeners, 
I love Patrick Sandoval. I think Patrick Sandoval may be one of the best betting values of the entire season as we go forward here. I don't think the books realize how good he is. He's a high ground ball guy, high strikeout guy. Season got off to a little bit of a slow start because of an injury, so he's behind a little bit. But I think Patrick Sandoval is going to make a lot of money for betters out there this season, especially if that Angels lineup is able to keep doing what it's been doing. That's great insight, and that's somebody definitely to keep an eye on. And thank you, by the way, for correcting me on it's Friday. The games start Friday, not Saturday, guys. That's how my week is going. Uh, but Dodgers Padres starting on Friday and Orioles versus Angels also on Friday. Before I let you go, Adam, how is your team looking? The Guardians. Yes, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I could write a book <laughs> on what we've seen already so far from the Cleveland Guardians here. I mean, they've had three games where they've just had significant offensive explosions, maybe four games, actually. And then in the other games, they've just done absolutely nothing. So it's it's been really strange to start off the year. I'll say this. They make a lot of contact, um, you know, and, and there's something to be said about making a lot of contact because while I'm not a huge believer in punishing strikeouts and teams that strike out a lot, putting balls in play is very important, especially because teams have kind of focused less on defense with the high strikeout rates. We saw that with the Guardians and the White Sox in game one yesterday. White Sox made four errors by the second inning. It was a 10-0 game just because the Guardians were putting a bunch of balls in play off of Dallas Keuchel. So that is something that's been a really big positive for them. Unfortunately, there are some negatives. Shane Bieber's pitched great, but his velocity is just not there. I don't know if there's something going on or not, but I'm following that closely. The bullpen is not particularly good. So unless they're blowing a team out, they're going to have trouble nailing down those one-run victories. They're a team that, from a spot play standpoint, I think I will be on or against quite a bit as the season goes along. Uh, but for right now, they've been, again, one of those very high-variance teams, and, and it feels like a lot of teams have been thus far. Yeah, which is why we've been trying to kind of take my time getting back into baseball. But I appreciate you coming on, giving me some more knowledge, some more stats to look at for sure. So thank you to Adam Burke, a sports betting analyst at Visa. And find him there and find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Just want to mention real quick the run line yeah. from 8 to 10 Eastern on so eight, 5 to 7 Pacific since we're the LA City cast. On Sunday nights, myself and Ben Wilson, uh, Holden Kushner. Oh, yes, new show. Yes, yes. Holden Kushner, the Denver City cast host, will be filling in the next two weeks uh, as Ben does some play-by-play -play stuff for the Nighthawks, the indoor football team here. Uh, but We're everywhere. really had a lot of fun with the two shows that I've done so far and bring a lot of, I think, really insightful baseball analysis that you won't really find anywhere else. So proud of what we're doing with the show and uh, hopefully it keeps rolling right along for us. Okay, so the run line, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time on Sundays. Yes, yes. All Looking right. forward to the next episode coming up here too. Awesome. Well, hopefully we can still get you on the CityCast, hopefully. Of course. I know you're always a very busy man. All right, thank you to Adam Burke. <laughs> Thanks again to Adam Burke for joining us. Coming up on the Los Angeles CityCast, the end of the NHL regular season rapidly approaches, and the Kings and the Ducks face off one more time on Saturday. Annie McNeil will break it down for us. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles City Cast. I'm Danielle Avari here with Annie McNeil, now hockey betting analyst at VSIN and also elsewhere. More on that in a moment. Find him on Twitter at Digital Gambler. Andy, what's going on? 
Uh, well, lots is going on. It's, uh, <laughs> For it's you, a busy, yeah. Uh, it's a busy time of year. Um, wish I could get some vacation time right about now because I know things are, are really going to uh, to ramp up um, during the, the NHL playoffs. But um, I, I started a, a new gig uh, with, with Sportsnet, um, yes. part of the SN Bets crew at, at Sportsnet, um, part of Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, which is a huge honor and a, a privilege for me and never really, really thought I'd, I'd be there. But uh, now that I am, uh, I'm definitely uh, enjoying it. And yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a lame time of year to be a hockey handicapper. You really just kind of want to unwind uh, over these last couple of weeks of the regular season. There's not a lot of meaningful games. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and uh, um, I'm trying to find value every day, not having all that much luck these days. I think that uh, game lines on a day-to-day -day basis are pretty sharp. We, we know who these teams are now after almost a full season, and nobody's really surprising the bookmakers at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the opposite of baseball, which is just getting underway. Not a ton of stats for that yet. And it seems like the end of NBA season, frankly, where there's a lot of teams that aren't really playing for anything. or So it's just kind of a mess of trying to figure out how do we bet these last f final regular season games or do we even bother doing that and just fast forward to playoffs? You know, speaking of that, uh, I read yeah. an article today about um, maybe the NHL looking at adopting uh, the play-in format that the NBA now has. Ooh. And at first, my initial reaction was, no, I hate it. Don't mess with tradition, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, and, like a true and then Canadian, I, sure. And then Twitter <laughs> asked me, hey, do you want to read the article first before tweeting about it? And, and I was like, uh, yeah, you know what, sure. And <laughs> I, I, so I read the article and I came away, you know what, this is actually a, a really good idea. I think um, it would make uh, this the end of the regular season a lot more interesting. You would have those... Uh, you know, number 12, number 11, number 10 teams battling it out to get into that play-in round. And also, I think it would create some incentive for the top teams to to continue to, um, you know, play meaningful games down the stretch as finishing one through six would be uh, a lot better um, position to be in than, than having to play in that that play-in play round. So I'm, I'm definitely open to it if, if the NHL decides to go that route. So that's very interesting to me because in the NBA, I think the top teams more often than not, when there's an upset, it's it's really an upset. With hockey, it seems like there's a lot more variance, and it's definitely, I mean, the Stanley Cup seems like the most difficult thing to win of all of the national uh, championships you can win. So that would be really interesting, don't you think, because of the high variance? I mean, a team that's not very good could very well get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think it works both ways. I think, you know, if, if you did have that um, sort of format – um, no, for example, right now, the Florida Panthers are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how it's structured, it, it, you know, it's supposed to line them up against a weak team in round one. That's supposed to be your reward for uh, finishing first in the conference. But they're probably going to have to play the Washington Capitals, which is not necessarily, a, you know, a, a, a typical eighth place seed. They're, they're a, a very good hockey team. And um, it's uh, not much of a reward for, for finishing with more points than anybody else in the conference. So I think it would be interesting and, you know, there, there, there would be those up upsets, but I do think, um, you know, doing this would probably reward the teams that, uh, that finish at the top a little more than they're being rewarded right now. Plus playing through the finish of the season for sure. I think it's really interesting. I like the play and I know a lot of people have mixed reviews about it, but maybe it's just because I'm not very old school when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. I just haven't been around the block long enough, you know? Uh, but with that said, 
NHL playoffs are coming up. Do you have any futures? How are the top teams looking? We are going to talk Ducks and Kings and the Kings looking like they'll be able to sneak into playoffs here, uh, but not necessarily the highest hopes for them to win the Stanley Cup. Who do you like for that? Well, I have a few futures bets uh, as far as the Stanley Cup goes. Um, Calgary Flames is the big one at 50 to 1. Uh, they're down Ooh. around 10 to 1 or even worse than that at some sports books now. Um, I've also got the, the Pittsburgh Penguins at 35 to 1. Um, they're also down to 15 or 20 to 1 at most sports books. And uh, the Penguins have struggled uh, as of the recording of this podcast. They've lost nine out of their last 13 games. Um, big game against the Bruins on Thursday. But um, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're a better team than their record indicates. And I could very well uh, see that team going on a run. Um, and uh, outside of that, uh, some small futures bets on the Boston Bruins at around 18 to 1 or 20 to 1, I believe. Um, and that's about it. I, I didn't really see a whole lot I liked this year. The Flames were a team that I thought was on the rise, and I, I guess I was right about that. But um, they've still got to do the thing, and, and that's going to be tough in, in, a, in a Western Conference that has uh, Colorado and you know possibly Vegas. Are the Flames the one, if I'm remembering correctly, that were in a kind of weak division, and they kind of caught fire at the end of last season, and they caused me a lot of headaches with my bets? Yeah, they, that, that's the one. I mean, they would have made the playoffs last season if they hadn't lost five out yeah. of six games to the Ottawa Senators. They lost some winnable games. And, uh, you know, clearly uh, the head coach, Daryl Sutter, he, he really um, really has forced the team to up their intensity this season. They haven't really let up all season long, which I think was uh, an issue last year. So it seems like the, the Sutter effect has... Um, has worked, I guess, in, in Calgary, and uh, they're they're definitely a contender here for the Stanley Cup this season. Well, let's talk about the two teams that uh, are Los Angeles, more or less, really the Anaheim Ducks, technically. It's not like the LA Angels and the LA Dodgers, but LA Kings played the Anaheim Ducks. They actually played Tuesday. I totally missed the boat on it, in case you guys, I'm just a bad NHL handicapper, clearly. Uh, but the Kings did win 2-1, to one, so sorry. So I know some people had the puck line on that one. That's unfortunate. But rematch, final one on Saturday. Um, so the Ducks haven't played since that Tuesday game, but the Kings do have the Blackhawks on Thursday. Uh, again, this will be the fourth and final time the Ducks and Kings meet, and it looks like the Kings are headed to the playoffs. The top three teams in each division qualify. Two wildcard teams in each conference also advance. The Kings right now third spot in the Pacific Division, three points or so ahead of Vegas. Uh, not sure if that's up to date, but... Kings seem like they have a pretty easy remaining schedule here. I mean, Ducks again, Vancouver, Seattle, and like I said, Chicago tonight. Is it a disadvantage that they're going to have to play the Blackhawks on Thursday before they see the Ducks on Saturday? Yeah, that's uh, that's going to put them at a, at a, at a diff in a difficult spot to play Anaheim. And um, it's worth noting that this is one of Ryan Getzloff's final two home games. He's retiring at the end of the season. He's not going to play the final two Ducks games on the road, so he'll wrap his career up. Uh, on the 24th, I believe, against St. Louis. But obviously, this is a big matchup. It's the last time that he'll play in this uh, L.A.-Anaheim rivalry, which has been uh, quite heated over the years and has produced a lot of great moments. So I, I would assume that the Ducks are going to, you know, come out with a spirited effort. They they have had uh, a lot of uh, a lot of more, or they have been playing a lot more inspired hockey uh, as mm -hmm. of late. And I think that might be a big reason why they they traded away some really great pieces at the trade deadline. Uh, they lost 11 in a row at one point, um, but since then they've they've been they've been okay. They um, they still can't score goals though. Unfortunately, um, they rank 32nd in the league over their last 25 games, 
with 2.35 goals scored per 60 minutes. They're allowing about 3.75, so about a goal more than they're scoring on a per 60-minute basis. And the Kings uh, aren't too far behind, though. They rank 29th uh, in that same category with 2.6 goals per 60 minutes. They're allowing about three, so a little bit better defensively than the Anaheim Ducks. The Kings are a, a stronger team structurally. Um, if you look at their underlying metrics, they're regularly outshooting teams, even the good teams. Uh, they, they regularly outchance teams. Uh, they're, they're a good hockey team, but they, they don't have um, that high-end skill that, that's, that some of the other teams have, and that's going to put them uh, in a tough spot in, in a playoff series against a team like the Edmonton Oilers, even though they might uh, outplay Edmonton in a seven-game series. Um, it's uh, it's very possible that the Oilers will be able to outscore them. Um, so it's uh, it's tough, especially that that Drew Doughty has has uh, announced that he won't be back this season, and that's a huge loss for this Kings team. I was hoping that he would be back and healthy in time for the playoffs. And uh, heading into this matchup against the Ducks, um, I would still make uh, Los Angeles, sorry, a, a small favorite in this matchup, even on the second half of a back-to-back. -back, the Ducks. Um, have just been bad for a longer period of time. Not super uh, inspired. Um, you know, it's not encouraging the way that the, the Los Angeles Kings have been playing. Um, but over the, the bigger sample size over the whole season, I definitely like what this team has done, um, you know, on a macro level. Uh, zoom in a little bit at, at their, their current form, and it's a bit concerning. But um, it's going to be a great game, and, and we'll see when the odds release for this game, whether or not there's any value on either side. So I think there's a couple of things that are really interesting about what you said there, that the Ducks are actually going to be trying in this game, even <laughs> though they don't really have playoff chances. So that's interesting, right? Because again, we talk about, oh, if they have nothing to play for, what are they playing for? Maybe a little bit of pride here. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll put up a real fight. And then also that neither of these teams can score very well. It sounds very <laughs> undery. Do we think we're going to see an under here, perhaps? Well, you know, it's that's quite possible. You've got a tired Los Angeles King, Kings team coming in. But, right. And and every team at this point in the season is tired. Uh, so, so you know, it, it's a little bit wonky. Um, but obviously scoring is off the charts this season. We've seen a huge uh, boost from, from where we were over the last few years, uh, you know, well over six goals a game um, this season. And... Uh, both teams have, have had pretty rough goaltending as of late, especially the Anaheim Ducks. John Gibson uh, has not been good. He started off really hot and looked like he was going to have a bit of a resurgence, a comeback season after a couple of really bad seasons the last few years. And um, that's not the case anymore. His his play has really dripped, uh, dipped, sorry, and, uh, and he's negative on the season, which um, doesn't bode well for this Anaheim Ducks team. Anthony Stolarz, the backup, he's been pretty good. And, you know, maybe he'll be in the lineup or in the crease for this game. But if it's Gibson and, uh, let's say, Jonathan Quick, who who's also struggled in the latter part of the season, um, I'd be pretty shaky about taking the under in this game, that's for sure. Yeah, it almost seems like a trap because especially with those Kings, with the Kings having to play a game Thursday. Um, before we let you go, also what I've extracted from this is the Kings not likely to make a deep playoff run necessarily or a skate. Is it a skate? They're not making a deep. I don't know what it is. Um, but as you can see, my expansive hockey knowledge. What? And speaking of that, what advice can you give playoff hockey advice, how you approach these or these series? Is there any kind of nuggets for people that are looking to get some action as NHL playoffs? get underway well you know a month two months ago i was looking at this potential matchup between the the los angeles kings and the edmonton oilers as i'm definitely going to be backing the kings if they're priced uh anything like they have been priced uh, in the last couple of matchups 
against the Oilers, won uh, matchups that were, were pretty close, and um, they even uh, took a victory here, in, or they even almost took a victory here in Edmonton uh, as big underdogs uh, a few weeks ago at plus 170. Um, so I was a little bit enticed by that, but, you know, over the last month or a month and a half, the, 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 the Kings have, you know, their play has dipped. Uh, their their scoring rates are, are trash right now, and that that's concerning heading into this playoff series. But of course, if the price is right, uh, I'll take the Kings because I think the Oilers are a lot more a lot closer to being a mediocre team than they are a, a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, so you know, a lot can happen over a seven game series, and um, probably the, the you know uh, about half of the results are, are determined by luck uh, in a in a short series like that. Um, but as far as the you know general advice that I could give. Uh, sports bettors for for playoff betting, um, no team is is ever out of it, and there's incentive to play to uh, the up best until and the... worst part about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the worst part about it if you're uh, if you've got a, a pregame wager and and your team is up big and you want to feel comfortable, but but you know you can't. No. Um, but you know, I, I've I've made a lot of uh, great bets over the years that. You know, we're we're kind of hard to make. A team's down two nothing, three nothing in the first period, even more than that. Um, and and you're getting you know five to one, six to one odds. Uh, Great value, even, even bigger. Yeah, and and these teams have no reason to quit playing. I mean, it you know it's uh, you haven't lost a playoff game until until the final buzzer sounds. And um, there's been some epic comebacks over the years, and uh, it's a lot different in the regular season in the sense that I think. Um, a lot of teams, they, they do try to hold on to those leads. They get up to to a, a multi-goal lead, and, and they try to sit back and play defensively and try to hold on to that lead. But that that rarely works. It's it's tough to do that. Um, you know, you're opening yourself up to, uh, to to shot after shot, chance after chance, and, and not taking very many chances yourself. So I love to look for those teams that fall behind early in games, uh, especially the good teams. Uh, like the Florida Panthers have been the comeback kings all season long, and if they fall behind in a playoff game, I will be racing to bet them uh, in-game and, and hope that they can, can make another epic comeback. All right, I appreciate the positive spin, at least. Oh, it gave us something to look forward <laughs> to for these playoffs. Thank you to Andy McNeil. Check him out uh, everywhere now, but you can find him on VEASAN. Uh, find him there. Find him on Twitter at Digital Gambler. Thanks so much, Andy. All right, thanks, Danielle. And thanks so much for you for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That means I'll be back on Monday for more action. So come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.